right, folks, welcome back to the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism for its easy-to-follow structure of 52 Lord's Days. Today we continue on our journey through the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, as they are known, are divided in two main tables. The first table of the law, as it is called, speaks of our relationship with God, and the second table of the law speaks of our relationship with our neighbors. When Jesus was approached by the leaders of his day, he answered it in this manner. What is the greatest commandment, he was asked, and the greatest commandment is that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one was like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the Ten Commandments, again, are divided into these two main sections. In the past couple of episodes, we explored the first commandment and the second commandment. Today, we explore the third one. The third commandment is, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. This commandment seems very relevant for us today as our culture has adopted the name of Jesus as a cuss word. All you have to do is just watch some movies or Netflix or any of your major media outlets and you'll find out that Jesus' name, God's name, is being taken in vain on a very regular basis. Lord's Day number 36 begins with this question. What is required in the third commandment? The answer given is, that we must not by cursing or by false swearing, not yet by unnecessary oaths, profane and abuse the name of God, nor even by our silence and connivance be partakers of these horrible sins in others. And in summary, that we use the name of God, the holy name of God, in no other way than with fear and reverence, so that He might be rightly confessed and worshipped by us and glorified in all of our words and works. What we can conclude from this third commandment is that the name of the Lord is certainly the most holy of all names. Therefore, it shall not be blasphemed. As a matter of fact, in Jewish culture, in the background of the Old Testament, people were not even to say the name of the Lord as not to take it in vain. It is most holy. Leviticus chapter 24 says that whoever curses his God shall bear his sin. Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall be surely be put to death. Wow, what a warning. Leviticus 19.12 says, And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. Dr. David Jones, speaking of the third commandment, says, The focus of this commandment is on the verbal worship of God, which includes the way in which the Lord's name is used. Words convey thoughts, and names represent identities. So in other words, when we use or swear the name of the Lord in vain, we misrepresent His identity, and that is blasphemy. Names are for sure more than just verbal designations, says Dr. Jones. So the third commandment is not merely about misuse of a word consisting of four Hebrew consonants like the name Yahweh, for instance, but an abuse of all that this name means, what it represents. The Heidelberg Catechism reminds us 
of Matthew chapter 5, 37, which says, But let your yes be yes and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. These are Jesus' very own words. James, by the way, also repeats it in James 5, 12. Our words truly do matter. And our words also communicate the inclination of our hearts. That is why I really appreciate the Heidelberg Catechism's answer, which includes this sentence, which says, And we use the holy name of God in no other way than with fear and reverence. The reality of modern-day post-Christian secularized America is that we have lost our fear and reverence and awe of God. We must recuperate the idea of the fear and reverence and awe of a holy God in our worship, in our personal lives, and even in our families. And let us not forget that whatever we do as believers, we do it for the sake of God and in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's why Paul said in Colossians 3.16 and 17 the following words, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Notice that he says the word of Christ. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And he says this, whatever you do in word or, de or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The Heidelberg Catechism has yet another question which says, is a profaning of God's name by swearing and cursing so grievous a sin that his wrath is kindled against those also who do not help as much as they can to hinder and forbid it? This question here calling Christians to accountability. The answer is yes, truly. For no sin is greater and more provoking to God than the profaning of his name. Wherefore, he even commanded it to be punished with death. Of course, this death here and punishment refers to the law that was given to the people of God when they lived under a theocracy. Leviticus 5.1 says, If a person sins in hearing the utterance of an oath and is a witness, whether he has seen or known of the matter, if he does not tell it, he bears guilt. This is certainly a foreign concept for a hyper-individualized culture. Here in Leviticus, the people of God were encouraged to keep and uphold the sanctity of their fellowship. In fact, again, under the theocracy of the Old Testament, the whole congregation bore the responsibility to put such a blasphemous person to death. Leviticus 24, 15 through 16 says, Then you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, Whoever curses his God shall bear his sin, and whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him, the stranger as well as him who is born in the land. This third commandment really has some harsh consequences, doesn't it? And God, of course, was trying to make sure and ensure that his people understood the importance of their representation of his own name, of his own person and identity. We do carry as believers, as Christ followers, the responsibility to represent Christ well with our words. Edmund Clowney concurs with this as he states, when the Bible speaks of God's name, it is not indicating that a particular set of letters carry some mystical power. 
The name of God is the Bible's way of speaking of God's presence in His revelation. In this sense, it is impossible to disassociate God's name from His person, identity, and character. In other words, and as Alan Harmon suggested the third commandment be translated, he says, you must not bear the character of God hypocritically. Now, do keep in mind that the third commandment, therefore, according to this interpretation I'm giving you, can be also broken not only by word, but also by, by action. When we misrepresent God, we are bearing His name falsely because we carry His identity with us as Christ followers. So both our words and our deeds must remain pure and must stay pure so that we can upkeep or we can uphold, in other words, the third commandment. So friends, we must not take the Lord's name in vain. The ESV study Bible offers some insight into what that means. It says, Taking the Lord's name in vain refers primarily to someone taking a deceptive oath in God's name or invoking God's name to sanction an act in which the person is being dishonest. Leviticus 19.12 It also bends using God's name in magic or irreverently or disrespectfully. Leviticus 24 The Lord revealed His name to Moses, and He has continued to identify Himself in connection with His acts on Israel's behalf. Yahweh is warning against using His name in vain as if it were disconnected from His person, presence, and power. God alone is worthy of our utmost respect and honor. Let us heed to the words of Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, which says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. And as the psalmist said in Psalm 19:14, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Well, friends, that's all for the Preacher's Evil podcast, episode number 36. And until our next podcast, stay encouraged, encourage others and keep growing in Christ. May the Lord bless you. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family and to subscribe. See you next time.